You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Shalom in the Lord once again. My name is Dr. Michael Weiss with Zion's Hope, and I've been doing a series on defining end times terms biblically. As a reminder, these are just common biblical words or phrases that are connected to eschatology or the study of end times. I've discussed a lot of different things from the day of the Lord, Daniel's 70th week, the mark of the beast, the antichrist, and more. In this session, I'm going to do my best to define the restrainer. First, the verses, Daniel 12, verse 1, and 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 6 and 7. Let's go ahead and read those. 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. And you know what restrains him now, so that in his time he, the Antichrist, will be revealed. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. First, let's define a word and a phrase. The word restrains in Greek, kateko, or kateko. And this Greek word is used in verses 6 and 7. It's the same word. And this is also the same word used in Romans 1.18 for the suppression of the truth and unrighteousness. It can be translated in various ways, like hold fast, bind, arrest, hold back, detain, restrain. The image is holding a ship back. And you could also say it has the image of holding something to stop it or keep it from happening or moving. For a small example, think of somebody pushing against a car door or a truck door to keep it from opening while somebody's pushing it out from the inside. Another phrase, taken out of the way. This is at the end of verse 7 and is translated in different ways, but the Greek word is ginomai. In this context and with the other words used, it does indicate something being taken out of the way or moved. And it may be connected to stopping of emotion or a place of rest. But I don't think we can actually say it's a complete removal. You can do your own study on that and come to your own conclusion. Second, we have to recognize Paul does not define what he means. He doesn't say who or what it is when he writes about the restrainer. Paul had taught them about this subject while he was with them. You say, how do you know that? He says so in verse (laughs) 5. In verses 1 through 4, Paul talks about the Antichrist, the one being restrained, and he says this mystery of lawlessness is already at work. That is, the plan of evil is in motion or in process before it's completed. We can see how that plan could be fulfilled even in our lifetimes with everything going on in the world. But then 2 Thessalonians 2, 5, Paul said this, Do you not remember that while I was still with you, I was telling you these things? (laughs) He had already taught them about this and was now reminding them of what he had taught to them in the past. Don't miss verse 6, and you know what restrains. So again, he's pointing them back to what he told them. What did he tell them? We don't know. We don't have it recorded. (laughs) So it does make things a little bit difficult for us to define what the restrainer or who the restrainer is. But I want to pause for a second. And I want to talk to pastors, elders, Bible teachers, Sunday school leaders, and those who are in a position of authority in your local church 
or decide somehow what to teach, maybe in a class or in a group setting. Teach prophecy. Yes, there are different views. Those views should be taught so Christians can wrestle with those things. But you also need to tell them what you believe, which I hope is biblical. And the teaching of prophecy is not about tickling somebody's ears or trying to fulfill someone's curiosity. The Bible is full of prophecy. Some of it fulfilled, some of it yet to be fulfilled. Teaching what God said will happen strengthens our faith and it better prepares the body of Christ when persecution arises. Why? Because it shows us God's faithful. God will keep His word. Now you need to decide to teach prophecy within your own context, how to do it, when to do it, and all that. You need to decide what topics you're going to cover, how long you're going to take. That's up to you. But don't let fear keep you from teaching a major topic that Christians need to know about in our world today because there are so many who do not know what Scripture says about prophecy yet to be fulfilled, but even prophecy that's already fulfilled. So I challenge you and encourage you, teach prophecy. But I also want to caution you, and this is on the flip side. Some focus so much on prophecy they forget everything else in the Bible. There's a lot more to the Bible than just prophecy too. Preach the whole counsel of God, but don't shy away from teaching prophetic truth because our world needs it today. The church needs it today. So back to our topic. Who is the restrainer? There are many views. Some say the restrainer is the Holy Spirit. Others say it's the church. Others say it's government or the Roman government in that day when Paul wrote. Some say it's the Archangel Michael. So there are various views about this. So who or what is it? First of all, this is a tertiary issue. It's not a salvation issue. We can disagree and still fellowship unless someone exalts their view to the place it should not be within prophecy. Second, let's explore some of these views. Again, I mentioned the Holy Spirit. Who is this? He is the third person of the Trinity or the triune Godhead. He is eternal. He is omnipresent or present everywhere. He restrains evil. He convicts the world of sin, as Jesus said in John 16, verses 8 and 9. But how can God be taken out of the way? If He's eternal, if He's present everywhere at the same time, He cannot be removed. Now, some who hold this view say, well, His influence or His restraining power is removed. The text doesn't say that. Now, those who embrace this often connect it with the pre-tribulational view, and there are sincere Christians who believe this to be true, and they're our brothers and sisters in Christ, of course. But what about the church? There are some, again, who will say the restrainer is the church. They may cite Abraham's conversation with God regarding the righteous in Sodom and Gomorrah. In that location, God said He would not judge the cities as long as the righteous live there. Well, one problem with that is that the conversation was never repeated. In addition, the church didn't exist at that time. Now, those who embrace this view state the church is you know, salt and light and restrains evil because of our presence. You know, that with our prayers can be a restraint to evil. We don't deny that. I'm not denying that. Now, I don't deny that's true to a point. But if we are the restrainer of evil, we are not doing a very good job in the world today. Evil is rampant, and it will become more rampant as we draw closer to the return of Christ, which Scripture clearly indicates. Now, this view, too, is often connected to the pre-tribulational view of end times. But if the church is the restrainer, 
then where do all the righteous people come from in the fifth seal in Revelation 13 if you hold to that view? If the church is removed, and those who hold this view often say, well, no one will come to faith after the rapture, then there's a problem. If the church is a restrainer, then God won't have his witness to the world. And God always has a witness. Well, someone may say, well, what about uh, the angels in Revelation 14 or chapter 18? But that's not a consistent witness. Another problem with this view is that the restraining one is masculine in Greek. Now, it's not the word itself, restrainer, but the article preceding that is masculine. The ecclesia, or church, quote-unquote, is a feminine word. So there's a little bit of a problem there. And the phrase taken out of the way doesn't necessarily mean rapture or removal, as I mentioned. Now, one may stretch it to that, but I believe this is also something placed onto the text. What about government? Paul says government is to punish evil in Romans 13, 1-7. So to an extent, government does restrain evil, or at least it should. <laughs> but what about corrupt governments that thrive on evil? What about communist, Marxist governments? What about dictators who demand to be worshipped as God, like in North Korea? What about governments that suppress free speech? Those governments restrain what they say is evil. And while there may be some other restraint of true evil things, this view of government falls short. The Romans lifted up laws above the emperor, but practically he was viewed as a god later on in their history. And to say government is taken out of the way denies that the Antichrist will have his own government system in place. That's a problem. And for government to be taken out of the way would mean every government in the world would be removed, and that itself makes no sense. What about the last one? Michael the Archangel. That's another view. Now those who embrace this refer to Daniel 12.1. Let me read that verse. Now at that time, Michael, the great prince who stands guard over the sons of your people, it's Israel, the Jews, will arise. And there will be a time of distress, which has never occurred since there was a nation until that time. And at that time, your people, everyone who's found written in the book, will be rescued. Now, those who embrace this view connect the time of Jacob's trouble, or Daniel's 70th week, with the archangel Michael, as the protector of Israel. He is said to arise, or take a stand, or stand against. Now, here the word refers to arising, appearing, or coming onto the scene. And those who embrace this view would say that he stops fighting for Israel, or stands still. Now, some may say that's a stretch, but I will say that does fit with the words used and the timing of the events. Personally, I believe the restrainer is the archangel Michael. Now, he is recognized by Jewish and Christian scholars in the biblical text as having a special guardian relationship to Israel. You see that in Daniel 10, verses 12 and 13, and Daniel 10, 21. And you have to realize, the focus of the end times is focused on Israel, not the church. So as best as I can define this, he makes the most sense. Pray about it, do your own study, and come to your own conclusion. And again, I want to remind us, these are secondary, even tertiary doctrines or beliefs or teachings in Christianity that we don't have to divide over. I mentioned this earlier. Don't elevate secondary doctrines or definitions to primary ones. That's wrong. And it's been a problem in the church since New Testament times. Each of these views has a specific implication and connection to your beliefs about the end times. So whatever your view is about the restrainer, check it with Scripture, work it out, 
Think about it logically, but most of all, think about it biblically and come to a conclusion that is based upon what Scripture says and not on opinion of mankind. Because whatever our definition is, it cannot contradict God's Word, it cannot contradict His character and His plan of redemption. I'm Dr. Michael Weiss with Zion's Hope. Be sure to visit our website, zionshope.org. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. There are literally hundreds of videos on end times and a lot more. We have books, articles, and many other resources available on our website for free as well. Books, of course, you can purchase through the store on the website too. So until next time, be strong in the Lord until He returns. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 